pull out your Bibles, open up to Matthew 7 is where we are going to be this morning. And I feel like most weeks when it comes time to preach, I'm like, man, it's already been better than I thought it was going to be. Worship is awesome. Thank you, team. Boom. But are you hungry for more? Good. We still got a few minutes left together, so we might as well keep going. Matthew chapter 7 is where we're going to be. Ooh, you ready to hear from God? Awesome. We are, uh, I I think this week is going to be the last week of our series, Hashtag Church. Uh, Has this series been good for anybody? It's been good for me. We've been talking about uh, what is church? What are we going for? Because we are living in a world and a culture and a society where church in so many ways has become a hashtag. It's just kind of become uh, this thing in life that you sort of put, you put, on, you put on life, you put it into life when it fits with the bigger picture of what's going on. And if church isn't going to fit with the bigger picture of what you're doing in life, then you just kind of leave church off. But when it works, let's use that thing. But Let's look at the Bible and see, maybe, maybe we're supposed to be more than just an event on Sunday mornings or something that we know we should do or a, a bad reason to wake up when I could sleep in on Sunday mornings. What if it's more than that? Amen? We talked about what does it mean to be church? We talked about what does it mean to be a winning church? People who are coming together to be the body of Jesus. Not the cliche, be the body of Christ, but what if we really believe that we are God's flesh and bone manifestation to the planet of who he is. That is cool. What if we all really do have a part to play? What if you were born for more, made for more than to be a part of something just for an hour? What if God really did put something inside of you that he wants to use for his glory in your life? Anybody believe that? Amen. We talked about squad goals last week that maybe we as the church could aim a little higher than working out in puppies, right? There's nothing wrong with those things. But what if as a team, as a squad, as a group of people, we aimed a little higher Uh, than what's not working in life. And we really believed that uh, God's with us and he he loves us and he wants to move in the planet and he wants to use people just like us to see his kingdom come in a world that desperately needs Jesus. Am I right? That's what we've been doing so far. This week we're gonna be in Matthew chapter seven. I'm gonna read a few verses for you as we get started this morning. Anybody in Matthew seven? Say I'm there. Awesome, way to go team. Matthew 7, we're going to be in verse 24 uh, through 27. Here we go. This is Jesus speaking. He says this. He says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it didn't fall because it had been founded on the rock. Somebody say, I'm on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell. Say it fell. Womp, womp. And great was the fall of it. That's what we're going to be digging into this morning. Matthew chapter seven and at the top of your notes, we take notes in this church, don't we? Got your notes out at the top of your page. I want you to write the message or the title for this morning's message. Hashtag all the feels. All the feels. Anybody love the feels? Oh, come on. More people. Anybody love the feels? You just, it just, I like to feel good, right? All the feels is what we're talking about this morning. All the feels. Anybody very in touch with their feeler? 
just love to feel, thank you <laughs> for being honest. Just, you just like to feel things. You know, there, there's people out there. I may not be, you know, like, you know, one of these people, but people, some people in our population are, are very in touch with their feelers. They love to feel and maybe you even call them feelers. They love just to laugh, to laugh, you know, and I just like to laugh if something's funny, but they just like to laugh because of laugh or cry because it's good to cry. Any criers in the room? If my wife was here, that, <laughs> thank you, Chad. You're a crier. We, we, we see that back there. Thank you. They love to laugh. They love to cry. They just love sweet things. They love when the underdog wins the improbable victory because it just feels good, right? Like, you just like to feel. We like to feel. And feelers are awesome. They don't really care about the plot of movies. They just want to like the characters because that's just so nice. We love to feel. Everyone who doesn't think you're a feeler like me, we're wrong. We're really all feelers. We all like to feel. I can say that I don't like to feel, but the truth is we're all, we're all feelers and we all have feelers. Some of our feelers are just harder to get to, right? But we've all got, I, I, I'm a feeler. Like I didn't think I was a feeler until my daughter asked to snuggle. And then I just love the feels, right? You have a feeler. It just might be a little bit harder to get to. Um, and if you don't think you have a feeler, go on YouTube, watch some videos of soldiers coming home from overseas and you will find your feeler. Somebody say Amen. It's in there. It might just need to wake up a little bit. And my kids are very much in the, uh, in the throes of discovering the feels. They are three years old. Rose is three years old. Smith is 11 months old. Side note, they're adorable. But back to the message. They are very much in the throes of learning uh, that they have feelers and that they, they experience the feels. I mean, they are all over the place all the time emotionally. I would say anybody else in the room, but you're not honest enough to raise your hand because we all are, right? A little bit emotional, aren't we? But anyways, they're, they're a little all over the place all the time. They have all the feels all the time. It's, 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 it's a, a circus at my house sometimes. And like, I didn't know it was possible for such tiny little humans to feel so much. I mean, they just are little explosions all the time. The smallest things happen and they just, they explode. And, and they kind of both have their struggles right now with the feels. Like Rose's struggle, uh, compared to Smith, hers, her, her feels are, they, they have a much, there's a much higher volume amount of feels in her life. And they're, I think they're way more intense uh, than Smith, than Smith has. So Rose's struggle is the intensity and the amount of the feels. And Smith's struggle is that he can't talk. So he is... He doesn't know how to express these things at all. So he just kind of sits there, and when he feels something, he just sort of sits there and gets really tense and grunts and hits stuff. And it's just, uh, I mean, that's the response to everything. <laughs> like, you poor guy, you can't say a word. So when he feels something, it's just tense, grunt, hit. That, that is it. And, and I watch my little kids, their little bodies, experiencing all these feels, and I wa I'm watching them struggle to know what to do with them. And as their father, I am trying to learn and, and I, I've got this mission, you know, I wanna be patient with them and I wanna help talk them through it. I wanna give them space to be like a little explosive but not too explosive, right? Like read all the books, blah, blah, blah. But I wanna help them. I wanna help them know what to do with all these feels, learn how to control their emotions, help them learn how to express their feelings as they grow up so that eventually they'll become controlled and a mature adult like me. Right? Any parent, right? Right, parents? Isn't that what we're just trying to do? Like, we just want them to be grown up like us. And that's what I thought. But then 
last night I'm going to bed and I'm kind of replaying the day in my head and uh, some things happened yesterday that were a little discouraging uh, in my mission to help my kids grow up to be controlled and mature like me. So I am not a good golfer, but yesterday I played golf. Happy birthday, Josh Brown. You love him? Come on. <laughs> yeah, you do, Crystal. There you go. I'm playing golf uh, with Josh and some friends, and I'm, I'm a bad golfer, and so I'm hitting uh, bad shot after bad shot. And finally, after one bad shot, I'm think, I realized all I did, I got tense, and I grunted, and I hit the ground. I thought, oh my gosh. Well, I'm thinking about this replaying, and that's exactly what Smith does. Interesting. And then I realized on the way home, somebody cut me off, and I got tense, and I grunted, and I just ran my car into him. No, I'm kidding. I didn't do that. <laughs> Oh, I I was excited to say. I hit the steering wheel, I just grunted, ah, you know? And I realized I have the emotional intelligence of an 11 month old. This is not encouraging to me. This is not encouraging me. And you can judge me all you want, but you're all the same way and you know it, okay? Anybody gonna back me up? Life, we just kinda do this. You know, I look at my kids, my three-year-old toddler, my 11-month-old infant, and I see how they respond to life. And then I kind of look around the world at all of us grown-ups and think, you know, we're kind of all doing it the same way sometimes. We, uh, we don't know what to do with all these feels. None of us really know how to handle all this stuff. So none of us are really on the road to maturity and our kids sure aren't because we aren't, right? That's encouraging. But there doesn't seem to be a big difference between the way sometimes our kids are doing it and the way we are doing it. We've got all the feels, anybody. We've got the feels in our lives, which brings us obviously to Matthew chapter seven. The subtitle of my Bible is hashtag all the feels. Just kidding, that's not true. Jesus, at the end of Matthew 7 here, or yeah, we're at the end of Matthew 7. What's going on here in Matthew 7 where we pick up this story is Jesus has just gotten done preaching this sermon that we know as the Sermon on the Mount. It's Matthew chapter, what am I trying to say? Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7 is called the Sermon on the Mount. It's kind of like, it's the biggest recorded sermon of Jesus in the Bible. You could pretty much say it's the greatest sermon ever preached. And this is Jesus. The verses we read are him. He's wrapping it up. This is the last bit of it that we've got in Matthew chapter 7. So he's on a hill. There's some people around. He's just giving them three whole chapters of a bunch of stuff. And he finishes it off by saying, okay, guys, I've just said a lot of things. A lot. Now, Anyone who takes all these words that I said, anybody who takes these words and, and does them is going to be like a man who builds his house on a rock, a, a firm foundation. Life And life is going to come because life's going to come, right? Like the rain and the wind and the waves and the floods are going to come and you're going to get, it, it, life's going to beat against you, but you're not going to fall down because you've built your house on the rock. You're going to make it. Now, everyone who doesn't take my words and do them is going to be like somebody who builds their house on the sand. The same thing is going to happen. Life's going to come. Here comes the wind and the waves and the floods, and life is going to beat up against them, and they're going to fall because their house is just built on sand. It's going to crumble, and great is going to be the fall of it. And that's how he ends this Sermon on the Mount. 
but saying, come on, guys, you're all right, I've said a lot, now just take it and go do it. That's all. That's the practical that Jesus gives us at the end of his sermon. Bring up the worship team, play some music, let's sing, right? So that's how he ends the Sermon on the Mount. Now, as I'm looking at these verses and Jesus is telling us about this storm, there's rain falling, flood, rain falling down, floods coming up, wind swirling all around. This, sound, this storm sounds strikingly similar to the emotional roller coaster that we sometimes find ourselves on. Am I right? Sometimes it's coming down, sometimes we're coming up, and sometimes we're swirling all around, and there's just a storm of life all around us. Sometimes it's circumstances, sometimes it's emotions, and you know, like, and it can happen just really quick. It's like some storms can. There's, you get good news, and then you get bad news, and then you get a breakthrough, and then you get a setback, and then you're encouraged, and then you're discouraged, and then you're happy, and then you're sad, and you're satisfied, and you're disappointed, and then it's lunchtime, and you come back around and do it all <laughs> All again. Anybody else ever been through that storm? <laughs> now, before all the feels was a hashtag, as far as I know, uh, way back in the day when I was in college, we didn't have hashtag all the feels, but we had something similar that, that, that uh, preceded all the feels, and that was just the phrase, uh, do what feels right. Do what feels right. That was kind of like the cool frat boy motto of college. Like, just do what feels right. Like, spring break, yeah. Like, where are you guys going for spring break? Do what feels right. That's not an answer, but okay, great. Good plan, I guess. I don't know. So that, that was kind of the, the, the thing for, you know, us old folk back then was do what feels right. And it sounds like a frat boy catchphrase, uh, but, but the problem is, is that, you know, like I've been saying, when we look around, like we may have graduated from college, but it doesn't seem like we graduated from the motto, right? Like sometimes we just still, just do what feels right. I don't know what we're doing. Let's just find what feels right and do, and do that, you know? A lot of times, if we're honest, if we could boil things down, life can just be about what feels good. And that's kind of just, how we do it, how we follow, how we decide, how we make a decision, how we act. It's just, well, what feels good? I'll do that. And I can pretend like that's not my default, but it is. I can say like, oh, I really want to, um, you know, spend intentional time with my kids and I'm going to do that. And that's what I really do want to do. And all of a sudden I pull my phone out again. It's like, dang it. Apparently that's what I wanted to do. Because we always end up doing what we want to do, right? It's like, if you want to watch YouTube, you're going to end up on YouTube. Anybody? <laughs> That's just me. <laughs> hey, thanks to my D group, they're keeping me off YouTube. Just those car videos. Formula One racing, who knew I was a fan until now? Huh. <laughs> Seriously, literally. Three weeks ago, I was watching YouTube videos, Formula One videos, and I looked up like in an hour, and I was like, I just became a fan of Formula One racing. <laughs> How did that happen? And why are we talking about this? Should we talk about the sermon? <laughs> what are we even doing here? I'm not trying to say that there's anything bad about feeling good. Feeling good isn't bad. Feeling good is good. Amen? Does anybody like to feel good? That is a good thing. We like to feel good because feeling good feels good. And that's good. We like to feel good. Feelings are good. Feeling good isn't bad. And feelings aren't bad. Not even just feeling good isn't bad. Feelings aren't bad. Feelings are great, but they aren't God. I want you to write that down this morning, that feelings are great, but feelings, maybe you could even say it this way, feelings are great, but feelings aren't great gods. 
This, not, not, it's not, not, they don't make good gods, but this is the reality about the world and the culture that we're living in and we're fighting against, even inside of our own selves so often, is that feelings and feeling good or feelings in general can become our God. And here's what I mean. I, I, I'm, I'm writing this sermon. I'm working on something. I'm like, I don't even, I don't believe that. That's not a God. It's just like, you know, I just want to feel like it just helps, make, helps me make my decisions. But I was like, you know what? I chase what feels good. I pursue what feels good. I follow what feels good. I listen to what feels good. And if we're not careful, we can even determine what is right and wrong and true and false just based on how I feel about it. That sounds an awful lot like God, right? Well, shoot. Sometimes feelings can be a God. And they don't make a good God at all. The thing is, though, it feels good to build our lives on what feels good because like we've already established, feeling good feels good. And we all want to feel good, but what happens when feelings change, right? What happens when feelings change? What happens when it, what felt good maybe doesn't feel good anymore? Now what do we do? Sounds like those winds swirling all around. Sometimes I find myself there. Something that used to be awesome isn't so awesome anymore. Something that I used to be passionate about, all of a sudden my feelings change, I'm not so passionate about it. And that's not that big of a deal, but when it comes to maybe some things that actually really are significant in our life, it matters when the feelings change and how we respond. So what happens when like, you don't feel like you're in love anymore, right? That's a problem. If feelings are what's determining all of this, then, well, it felt really good at first, but now it doesn't feel so good, and now we've got problems. Or just even step back in general. If we just want to live our lives doing what feels right, what happens when doing what feels right means we're not doing what is right, you know? Or what if we're doing what feels right and it feels right, but what, when, what happens when doing right stops feeling right? Do we stop doing right so we can feel... Just all the feels. It's just floods and rain and wind, and here we are, right? And it's all of a sudden you think, man, I feel like I'm built on some sand here, and things are really shifting around. And not only is this our culture, but if we're honest about church, talking about church, this has flooded in, it has rained in, it has stormed its way into our lives as Christians. This, like, theology almost of all the fields. And here's what I mean, is that one of the most frequent questions that I get from people as a pastor, it's an understandable question, but it's this, what happens when I don't feel God? You ever had that question? I have. I've had that question tons of times. Like, wake up in the morning, spend time with Jesus, it's going to be great, and all of a sudden, I just don't feel it. I feel like sleeping. I feel like compromising. I feel, you know, what happens when I don't feel God? Like you're in the moment of temptation and all your feels are telling you go this way, but you know God says go that way, but you just don't feel God. Like what do I do when I don't feel God? Is he still there? Is he still real? Is he still good? Like what do, we, what do I do when I don't feel God? What do I do when I've been doing what God told me to do, but I just don't feel it anymore? Like, I don't feel like he's with me. I don't feel like he's there. I don't feel like it's working. I don't feel like he's doing what he said he was going to do. What do I do when I don't feel God? And that question is not a problem. That's a good, fair question. Let's dig into that. But the answer has become, well, he must not be there. And so now we've got people walking away and I've got my, find myself even compromising at times. Maybe you have too. All of a sudden you realize I wasn't building my life on what God was doing at all. I just, 
was determined on what I was feeling in the moment, right? And it stinks. And it doesn't, it doesn't hit you in the feels to call this out, right? Like this isn't like, a, oh, the feels message. Like this is, I know. But I think that it is worth saying this clearly and bringing it up to the surface because it's costing us individually and together this all the feels thing about God where if I don't feel it, it's not true. If I don't feel it, it's not right. If I don't feel God, he's not there. It's an understandable question, but it's a problem when we start living it out. And the reason I want to say it is because sometimes it costs me personally, but the other truth is I've got so many friends in my life that have given up on God because they stopped feeling him for a little bit. And if we're not careful, if we build our life on all the fields, we'll walk away too. Because like Jesus said, here comes the rain, here comes the flood, and here comes the wind. And you got to have a rock to stand on. So I know I'm not getting you in the fields, but I love you enough to say it anyways. We got to build our life on something better. Amen? Amen? Because if we don't want church to be a hashtag, we got to stop acting like one. Let's do it better. Because when we start building our lives on the rock, a world that's, get washed, that's getting washed away has something to grab onto. And now we get to rescue people. And we get to lift them up and set them on the rock of Jesus. And you're called for more, not even just to not compromise. You're not called to not sin. That's not why Jesus wants you to follow his word so that you can do better and be better and be more self-righteous than everybody else. You're called to be a rescuer. He puts something inside of you to build on a rock because somebody's going to be floating on by and you're going to reach out and you're going to grab them and they're going to meet Jesus. That's who you are. I want to build my life on the rock. Amen. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it to live not letting the truth of God be malleable according to the way that I feel about it, right? It's fine to ask the question, well, I don't understand this about God. I just don't feel like that's a loving thing to do. I don't feel like maybe Jesus was like that. That's fine that we can have that conversation, but God is God and we're not. And I want us to be a people that stand under God, not above God, and say, okay, God, I don't feel it, but you're still God, and you are under no obligation for me to have the feels about what you say. I'm in, because you're God, and I'm not. And he's not changing based on how I feel about him, because he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the beginning and the end, the almighty creator God, and he has zero obligation in my feelings. And that doesn't sound pretty, but man, is it freeing when we live that way. Hallelujah. <clears throat> I'm going to skip that part. Anybody want to build your house on the rock? Awesome. Well, I hope I got you fired up and all that kind of stuff, but okay, okay. How do we do it? Right? How do we do it? Jesus, that sounds great. I will take your warning. I will build my house on the rock. How do I build my house on the rock? So we're going to get practical. Does that sound good to anybody? I'm going to give you some tips and tools and all this kind of stuff on how, what does it look like to build our house on the rock? Number one, the first thing, the first part of building your house on the rock is part one is you got to build. You got to build. Chris Langebartles, can you come up on stage for a second for me? Can you welcome Chris Langebartles to the stage? Give him a round of applause. Chris's least favorite thing in the world is being caught up in front of people. So I just thought, I love you so much, I'm going to do it. I got some questions for you, Chris. Okay. okay, so Chris is a builder in town. He does remodeling, renovations, and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. 
essentially. essentially. And he's amazing at it, by the way. Great manager. He's incredible. Okay, so questions. You've built some stuff. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if I want to build something, am I going to have to work at it? Yes. So I'm going to, like, if I want to build a house, if I want to build it, I'm going to have to, like, it's going to be hard. Yes. Like, take work. Yes. I'm going to have to do something. Yes. Interesting. Okay. So what if God wants me to have the house? Do I still have? Yeah, you're, you're going to have to work. I'm going to have to, st- even, if, like, even if I know that God wants me to be on that property and God wants me to have it, I'm still going to have to like build a house. Yeah, you're going to have to do something. And that kind of, like, <laughs> that, that feels a little like legalistic. Yeah. <laughs> is, is it, it's, it just seems harsh that God would make me still build a house. I mean, I still have to build it. Hashtag all the feels. All the feels. Yeah. All right. Well, all right. So thank you, Chris. Step one. Chris says this is going to take us some work if we're going to build our house on the rock. Thank you, Chris Lange Bartles. <sighs> so number one, if we're going to build our house on the rock, let's expect it to take a little bit of effort and intentionality, and we're going to go to work. Anybody ready to go to work? Ah, less people than are, yeah, yeah, that's where we start losing people. When it's like, hey, you're going to have to do something because here's this question. It just feels a little legalistic. Well, it's not. It's life. So if I lost you, I'm sorry. It's still true. So you want to build your life on the word of God? Plan on putting forth some work. And uh, some people just quit there, but not you. That's not who you are, right? Y'all aren't quitters. So number two, we're gonna, one, we're going to build. Number two, we got to have our building blocks, right? You're going to get ready to write this down. I have an amazing picture that you're going to want to draw in your notes here. So if you're taking notes on a phone, you're really missing out on this one. I'm just saying. Building blocks. Number two, you're going to need your building blocks because if you're going to build something, everybody knows you need blocks. Anybody love building with blocks? Okay. I'm just trying to have too much fun up here. I'm sorry for... Okay. So I'm going to give you four building blocks to help you build your life on the rock of the Word of God. You ready for these? Number one, building block number one is time. Time is going to be your first building block. I want you to, if you want to build your life on the rock, you're going to need to set a consistent time and a consistent place that you dedicate to taking in the Word of God. No way around that one. And I know some of us, it's like the, uh, the second we get told we got to like do something else, it's like, oh, I'm so busy. When am I going to get that time? And I, I, I know that you're busy. I'm not going to tell you that you're not busy, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come at it for just a second and say that before you uh, are ready to build your life not on the rock and build your life on the sand because you don't have time and, you know, before like life crumbles and you blame God for this isn't holding together, like just give it a week, get off social media Netflix for a week and then decide if you don't have time all right or something just like try it just try it it's worth it like don't do it for me do it for you we want to build for the long haul right so just you know if you don't have time just try something simple like that give it a week and if you still have zero time then you know maybe you're the exception to the rule right not being very nice am I that's that's okay I just love you So it's going to take time. Number one, that's your building block. Time. We can do time. Who has time for the word of God? Way to go, guys. Building building block number two, you need a plan. You're going to need a plan. Has anybody else ever sat down 
with your Bible, you've set time, you've got a place, and you put the Bible on the table, and you've said, now what? <laughs> Anybody else? Like, okay, I guess I'll start there. <laughs> right? Man, you're gonna need, you're gonna need a plan. We, we plan out how to do just about everything in our life that we want uh, to have success with or with any intentionality. We, we plan those things out. We set times, we set places, we set agendas for meetings, for all these things. And so you are gonna need a plan when it comes to growing in God and reading the Bible. It's not just gonna magically happen. So if it doesn't just magically happen, it's not magically happening for me because I'm a pastor or anybody else. Like nobody else it's magically happening for. So if you don't feel like it's not magically happening, you're not the only one. All of us are wondering how does like the Holy Spirit fairy put the word of God into my life? Oh, I have to spend time and put it together a plan. <laughs> that's how we do it, right? I've been watching a lot of Tinkerbell, so that's where the fairy thing came from. So sorry about that. So you've got to, you, you got to have a plan, okay? So you're going to need a plan. And the good news is that right now in this time with technology and history in our lives, like we have access to more tools for studying and reading and learning and memorizing and anythinging the word of God than ever. It is awesome. You've got apps and websites and books and libraries and Christian bookstores and friends and grandmas who have been praying for you, and that's probably why you're here this morning. You've got resources like nobody ever in history to find not just a plan, but like a plan that you like, which is awesome. That's cool because we're all different. And so studying the Bible and our plans are gonna probably look different than from one and look different from one another. And that's okay. That's great. You're going to connect with God and the Bible a, diff a different way than me. There's a bazillion things out there to help us. And so you can do all kinds of things. You can write some of these things down, but literally, if you just get on Google and put Bible reading plan, watch out. Because <laughs> here comes the ideas, which is awesome. So, but I mean, you can do anything. You could read a chapter a day. You could uh, go through a book of the Bible. You could find a devotional book. You could uh, download an app that sends you a verse every day. And all, you, you have so many different options. You can pick a word that you need in your life. Like if you need, if you're like, I just don't have joy in my life. Start, get on the internet, find a website, blueletterbible.org. That's one of my favorites, blueletterbible.org. Shout out. Just type in joy and start reading all the verses about joy and then go from there, right? Like you can pick, you can do all kinds of different things for your plan. And it sounds daunting, daunting that you have unlimited plans and access to so many resources, but the good news is what that means is that you're not alone. You are not alone in all of this. So you need time and you need a plan. The third thing is that you need tools. You need tools to build. Am I right, Chris? Told you. You're going to need tools. I'm going to give you a few tools here. Four, four tools. Your first tool is your plan from the previous step. Same plan, so you don't need to go find a new one. Same plan. Number two uh, is your Bible. Number three is uh, either paper or your computer. And number four is either a pen or your fingers, whichever one's more convenient. Or whichever one matches with the paper or computer is <laughs> maybe a more accurate way to say it. If you set aside time and have a plan and sit down ready to engage with what God wants to speak to you, you are gonna be amazed at what you hear. You're gonna be amazed at what God speaks to you. If you will take these tools and sit down, if you will have the time 
Get the plan together and sit down with these tools and choose to engage with it and just take some notes. Like you're gonna be amazed at what happens. And there's no formula for what notes to take. I, I do all kinds of different things at different times. Sometimes it may be just copying the verse. Maybe you write down just a thought that you had about it. Hey. <laughs> Please come play the keys, Karis. <laughs> I just made her feel so bad. <laughs> we love you, Karis. Should I keep talking to you or is this making it worse? <laughs> I love it. So sit down with these tools and take some notes. Write down what God's speaking to you. Write down any thoughts you have. Write down some ideas. Write down what, it, what you learn about God or what you learn about you through what, is, what you're reading. It's just put some tools and take some pen and put it to paper. And you can just start writing some things down. Just start writing anything down. It'll just help you be engaged and not get so distracted. So are we good on the tools? Awesome. Number four, the fourth building block is execution. Just like Jesus said, you got to do it. Once you have the time and you have the plan, you use your tools to write some stuff down and then you go do it. Go do what you wrote down. Do what you read. Start doing the word of God. And I found in my life that most of the time, it doesn't matter how much of this I take in if none of it is coming out. I seem to get no results when I don't do it. And so it comes down to just doing it. The last building block is execution. God's word is relevant to your life. It is relevant to your life, but if you want to experience that relevance, you got to do it. You just, you got to do it. Matthew 7, anyone who does these words. It could sound daunting doing the whole word of God. I mean, wow. But just take it a day at a time. Take it a moment at a time. Take it one note at a time. I can do that today. And watch God build your life on the rock. Four simple building blocks to building your life on the rock. This is how we build our houses on the rock. We set aside time, we put together a plan, we get our tools together, and then we go do it. We execute what we're learning. But that's great that that's building the house on the rock, but what's the rock? What's the rock? Because if I'm gonna build my life on this rock, I wanna know what the rock is. I'm gonna spend all this time and effort building this house on this great rock. What is this rock? John 1, 1 and 14 says this. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, glory as from the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. When we are talking about building our lives on the rock, we're not talking about building our lives on a book. We're talking about building our lives on Jesus. I'm not asking you to build your life on a book. We gotta build our lives on Jesus. And he is the word of God. When we're diving into the word of God, it's not just trying to get knowledge, it's Jesus, who are you? Where are you in this? Who are you? What are you like? What are you saying? It's interacting with Jesus. This isn't about some religious exercise where we all try to get smarter by knowing stuff. I'm encouraging you. And Jesus in Matthew 7, he's encouraging you into a spiritual routine where you become stronger by knowing God, not just smarter by knowing stuff. 
The living, active Word of God became flesh in Jesus. And guess what? Jesus is still alive. And that means His Word is too. Jesus is alive. If you want to build your life on the rock, you've got to know the rock is Jesus. You've got to know the rock is Jesus, and you've got to know that He is good. He is good. Jesus is good. This rock, it is firm because it's good in a bad storm. Jesus is good this morning. That's what we read at the beginning. Remember, he is great. He is good. This is our God. Like Jesus said, the wind and the waves and the rain and the floods, they're coming. Here comes life. Here comes life. And life's going to happen. And if you really are trying to build your life on the Word of God, you're going to be able to stand in the storms, but the storms are still going to come. Right? The storms are still going to come. The storms are still going to come if you build your life on the rock. And, and Jesus said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. But that means hell's trying. It's going to feel like it. And, and maybe I've found when I'm not trying to build my life on this, hell's got nothing to do with me. They're not worried. Hell's not worried. As soon as I start trying to do this stuff, it's like, dang, it's trying to stop me. But it won't prevail because Jesus is good. Jesus is good. And, and life and hell is going to try to give you the longest list possible, as long of a list as you need to give up on God and his goodness. They're going to give up. They're going to try to give you a list. We'll see, look, this hurt. This didn't happen. This disappointment. This didn't go like you thought it was going to. This person let you down. God didn't come through here. You thought it was going to look like this, and it didn't even look like anything. That devil's trying to give you a list to give up on the goodness of God, but you can't give up on the goodness of God. You can't give up on the goodness of God because as soon as we give up on the truth that God is good, we begin to crumble. We don't have a rock to stand on and life's going to happen hell's going to try to stop you and you're going to get to the end of the rope and at one of these days if you haven't been there yet you're going to get there you're going to get there where you're at the end of the rope and all you have is your depression your discouragement your disappointment your pain your brokenness your anger all the feels there's going to be times where it's going to feel a lot better to quit it's going to feel a lot better to just give in and compromise. I'll apologize tomorrow. I can't stand up against this. I should stop. It's going to be easier to stop, but that's not who you are. You are a child of God and you are built on the rock. That's who you are. You're a son of the living God. You've got the word of God inside of you. You can stand against any storm and any fight from hell that won't prevail against you. It would feel better to stop, but it wouldn't be better to stop. Let's build our house on the rock. Let's build our house on the rock. I want you to stand up this morning as we close our time together. Can we believe in the goodness of God today? As we close out this series, hashtag church, I think it's just a great place to stop by standing on the word of God. This is going to be who we are as individuals and together we will build our life on the rock, on Jesus, and we're going to believe that Jesus is good.
because this is what the world's looking for. This is why the church has become a hashtag because we're living by all the fields like everybody else and getting washed away by the same storms as everybody else. Why is church irrelevant? What are we doing better than anybody else? Why is the word of God relevant? Well, what's it got for me? It doesn't seem to be working for you guys who seem to believe it because we're not doing it, but not us. We're going to do it. We're going to do it because we've got a life to build. We've got callings on our lives. We've got callings in this city. We've got opportunities to give to stuff that show up on a Sunday morning. You've got people in your workplace. God has anointed you to be a rescuer. And this church thing isn't going to be a hashtag anymore. We're going to be a city on a hill. We're going to be the light of the world. We're going to be the body of Christ. That's who we're going to be because Jesus is alive and Jesus is good. Amen. Come hell or high water, per Jesus' words, we're going to stand on the rock. And the rock is the word of God. And no matter what comes, we're going to be a people that say, Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. I'm not going to forget any of his benefits. Here comes the storm, but he forgives my iniquity. He heals all my diseases. He crowns me with steadfast love and mercy. He renews my strength like the eagles. That's who my God is. He is good this morning. He is good this morning. Come on, somebody. We're going to finish with a song that just starts going off. He's good. You're good. You're good. And we're going to sing it like we mean it this morning. Amen? Can we do it? Can we do it? Are you ready to live your life on the rock of the Word of God? Are you ready to not be washed away by the same storms that are washing everybody else away? Are you ready to stand up in the storm that you've been being washed away from? But not today, devil. God is good. I'm going to stand right here till I see it happen. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to compromise. As we end this series saying we're going to be more than a hashtag, I want to invite anybody who wants to be a church, anybody who wants to be a person of God that's more than a hashtag to just come up to the front and say, I'm in. This is my stand. I'm walking up. I want you to start walking right now and stand up and sing this song. He's my anchor in the waves. He is my hope. I've got a hope that doesn't disappoint. Here comes Jesus. I don't see him coming. I don't feel him coming, but here comes Jesus, and that's who we're going to be in this city. That's who we're going to be in this world. As the people say, I don't know what's going to happen, but Jesus is going to come and he's going to do something. Jesus, we love you so much and we thank you that you have made us to be more than a hashtag in this world that fits on the end of the post. Lord, I pray that we would be the light of the world, a city on a hill that can't be hidden. Lord, I pray that we would build our lives on the rock, put a fire inside of us, God, to do it because of what you put inside of us and because of the people around us. God, I ask that the rock that we build on will become the rock that somebody else can stand on. Would you help us, Holy Spirit, come. And as we declare this song, Lord, we believe it this morning. This is who you 